This episode of Engineering the Future is brought to you by The Personal, Osby's home and auto insurance partner. These past few months have shown us just how important it is to have someone in your corner. When it comes to home and auto insurance, The Personal can be that someone. If you would like to learn more about this exclusive program, visit thepersonal.com slash Osby. This podcast is brought to you by OSPI, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers, the advocacy body for professional engineers and the engineering community in Ontario. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Engineering the Future, a podcast presented by the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers. I am your host, Jerome James. Today, I'm joined by Jasmine Shaw an OSPI member and professional engineer who is committed to amplifying women in engineering and other STEM fields. She's also committed to promoting the value of engineers as entrepreneurs. Let's get right into it. For your first question of the night, Jasmine, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, what drives your passion for using engineering, your engineering background to create change? Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much, Jerome, for having me and to OSPI for hosting this podcast. Um, so as Jerome mentioned, I am a professional engineer and I am a fledgling entrepreneur myself and I'm a change maker. So um, my my role in engineering is as a technical project manager. I actually just started a new job this week. Um, and I'm really excited about this new chapter of my career. And as Jerome mentioned, um, I am committed to helping amplify and elevate women in STEM, which is really what my business is anchored around. It's anchored around helping women achieve their full career potential. So I spend a lot of time mentoring, coaching women, speaking at events, sharing my own STEM journey and experiences, and partnering with organizations like OSPI as an Engfluencer, and hosting my own interview series called Tech Talks, where I provide a platform for women to share their experiences in STEM. So in terms of creating change, so this is an area where I, I'm really interested in organizational change and change management. And I see engineering as structured problem solving for unstructured problems. And a couple of years into my career, I discovered that a lot of the methodologies and techniques that I was applying to solve technical problems could be used to solve organizational problems, business problems, or even social problems. Right. Exactly. Um, so for example, whether that's um, you know the career development life cycle or this leaky pipeline when it comes to women in engineering, all of these problems that don't necessarily have to do with building products, but where we can apply principles from engineering, whether that's analysis, like root cause analysis, or you know, conducting um, solution all trait studies to identify solution alternatives and then verifying that the solutions are implemented properly, I think there's so much opportunity to apply an engineering perspective to these different problems. And that's what I'm really uh, passionate about. Excellent. Um, so how long have you been doing this? How did it come about? What was the process? Did you have like a light bulb moment one day, um, a realization that you can make an impact and, and a difference? Mm. So... I think there's there's two kind of tracks here. So there's my the business side and my kind of passion for supporting women in STEM. And that really stemmed, no pun intended, from um, my early university days um, when I became involved with different student initiatives and outreach initiatives at Carleton University. 
And I actually created a program that's still around today called the Student Ambassador Program for um, students to basically go to different high schools in the Ottawa region to promote careers in engineering. And um, I was really uh, passionate about recruiting my um, women, uh, you know, colleagues and uh, classmates to participate in that initiative. Um, and from there, it kind of uh, snowballed and I became involved in several women in STEM initiatives, whether that was um, Go End Girl or Technovation um, or speaking at women in STEM events. Um, that's kind of what triggered my passion for that. Um, and I realized this year that I could, in fact, turn this into a business um, in order to create more impact. That's really what drives me is creating impact. Um, so that's why I turned it into a business. And then right, in right. terms of the, um, I think, the the change management side of things. So I actually participated in a design thinking workshop um, a couple of years ago at Carleton University. And it was a small session with uh, Carleton University alumni, and they were using design thinking to kind of reimagine the alumni engagement process. So they wanted to really revamp how the university interacted and engaged with alumni to create the alumni, to create um, a more exciting and engaging alumni experience. Mm -hmm. And they used design thinking to kind of map out like what would a really great alumni experience be and this is my first really foray with design thinking but i realized that there's so much overlap between the design thinking methodologies and engineering methodologies so that was kind of my light bulb moment for how we could apply some of these principles to create positive change very nice uh you mentioned uh the tech talks that you you create um I know that you're active on social media. How else are you reaching out to the masses to promote um, the value of what you're you're preaching? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Tech Talks um, is an interview, a live interview series that I host on Instagram, um, where I basically interview women who are in various stages of their careers across all STEM professions. And that really started because I just love talking to other people in STEM to hear their career journeys, especially folks who have maybe alternative career stories who didn't go the traditional route of graduating, getting an engineering job and kind of progressing up the career ladder. I'm really interested in folks with all sorts of twisting and winding journeys. So that kind of started out of my own, I suppose, selfishness just to hear their stories. Um, but it really resonated with a lot of the listeners. So um, that's why I keep doing that. Um, and some of the other ways that I, um, I guess, reach out to folks. Um, so um, I'm really passionate about youth outreach as well. And I believe that interacting with youth, um, whether that's through hackathons or through like coding camps, um, there's so many initiatives and organizations out there where, um, you know, STEM professionals can volunteer and give their time back to mentor, to guide, to support students through these events. And that's really valuable for me because these students, um, they're so um, eager and they're really impressionable. So you can create a really positive impact on them. And that's probably one of the most fulfilling things I do is just that one-on-one -on -one time with people where you can really see the impact. You can see how your words and your experiences are maybe changing the course of their life. And to me, that's um, a really cool way to have an impact. Amazing. So you're, you're impacting uh, young people to get into STEM and STEM-related fields. Uh, tell me more about why it's important for engineers to 
be entrepreneurs and get into that entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm, for sure. So a couple of years ago, I decided to pursue, pursue my master's degree. And there was a couple of options uh, in front of me. I could have done a master's of engineering um, in the field that I studied for my undergraduate degree. So I studied biomedical engineering. So I could have continued with um, a more technical degree, a master's degree in biomedical engineering. Um, but I was kind of interested in just seeing what other types of programs were out there. So I came across the Technology Innovation Management Program at Carleton University. And it's this really cool blend of um, technology and entrepreneurship. And it's almost like it's somewhat like an MBA, but as opposed to running big existing companies, it's much more focused on running tech startups. And that was my first introduction with entrepreneurship and this idea that technical oriented people could start and run businesses. So through that program, we did, it was a very interactive program. We did a lot of mock projects where we would come up with like a business idea, um, you know, do like the prototyping and pitch it um, to, you know, investors. Um, so that, that to me was just kind of, again, another light bulb moment where I realized the value that engineering perspectives brought to the table. Um, a lot of folks in that program had more of a business background, or perhaps they had a tech background, but not necessarily like an engineering background mm-hmm. um, with some of the core engineering skills. And just through working with different teams and different students from different backgrounds, I realized like the value of what the engineering perspective brought. So um, I think the the key like value proposition for having more engineers as entrepreneurs is similar to what I said before about change management. It's really that engineering teaches people how to navigate complex, uncertain, multidimensional problems. And it gives you kind of a process to work through that and emerge with a cohesive solution. And for tech startups, um, a lot of the challenges faced in the early days of running a company, um, although they may not necessarily be technical problems, they will certainly be complex and multidimensional, um, whether that's around like stakeholder management, acquiring mm-hmm. funding, developing a viable business model. Mm-hmm. Um, the complexity is high, uncertainty is high, and I think that's wh- really where engineers thrive. So I think that's why we need to have more engineers um, involved in entrepreneurship. Okay, so you're saying the engineering mind lends itself well to breaking down and, and solving everyday business problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if we take an example of um, trying to like developing a minimum viable product, um, even though that is somewhat technical, like you really need to understand um, who are the users of this? Like what are the um, the critical features that you need in your MVP in order to acquire um, data so that you can improve it and iterate upon it quickly. Um, and you need to really understand like where is the best place to focus your time um, because in the early stages of tech startups, like resources and time are very limited. Um, so just being able to kind of navigate the different dimensions of the problem and understand like the trade-offs between those different parameters. Um, I think that's something that most engineers do on a regular basis is kind of weighing trade-offs between different options. Right. Um, so I think that in particular is uh, really valuable. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. At OSPI, we're here for you, making sure government, media, and the public are listening to the voice of engineers. 
You can learn more at ospi.on.ca. You often talk about your engine, uh, your career, your engineering path um, in the various avenues that you promote uh, your content uh, in an effort to help individuals on their own career path, especially women. Um, what are some of the key career takeaways that you like to share with individuals? Um, what are some common career challenges that you've, you've uh, identified and solutions for those? For sure. So I think that this information definitely needs to be democratized um, because I've been fairly successful in my career to date. I think I've had several promotions. Um, I'm pretty sought after uh, team member. I've negotiated raises. Um, and now I recently just pivoted to a different industry in a higher level position with a higher paying salary. Um, but a lot, a lot of this information, I kind of just picked it up along the way. Um, I certainly had advice and guidance from other folks, but it wasn't, I would say, readily accessible. So to me, that's also a driving factor for me is to make this, um, these frameworks and approaches more accessible. So some of the common challenges that I've experienced um, in my career and that I know other folks have experienced um, and solutions for that, proposed solutions for them. So the first one, um, this is one that I, I love. So it's about how to stand out in your career and how to um, really stand out in a way that you get access to opportunities and people, you know, want to bring you on board for High visibility, high visibility projects or initiatives. And what I've always done since I was, you know, a junior engineer um, is asking why, asking questions about everything and really challenging the status quo. And the quote that I came up with is um, keep asking why until you um, either understand the um, the the problem or you know it needs to be solved. Um, so I think if you keep persisting and asking why, you'll either get an answer that you're happy with and then you understand like the, the bigger context or you'll realize there is no good answer and we're just doing this process or we're doing something for the sake of doing it because no one has presented a better alternative. And that's where you can come in and propose you know, an improvement to a process or to a design. Um, and that's a way that has always kind of worked for me to stand out because people will notice someone who's always asking questions, who is always kind of challenging the status quo. Um, and exactly. Just, yeah. Pushing, you know, pushing the boundary to make the company and the product better. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. And then I would say another challenge um, in terms of getting promoted or going after a raise or maybe perhaps trying to um, move into a position with more responsibility, basically any kind of level up in your career. And the, mm -hmm. um, Pro solution for this is really knowing your value and knowing how to communicate it. Um, so this means understanding what is your unique value proposition. So almost seeing it kind of like a business would, right? Like what are the key skills, experiences um, that you have that set you apart from your peers that solve pain points within the company? So if you can explain to the company, you know, your boss or whoever's in charge of your promotion that they need to promote you because you bring so much to the company. If you can find a way to articulate that and distill it into a very succinct and um, catchy, almost elevator pitch, 
And that's definitely something that you can use kind of throughout your entire career is you can rely on that elevator pitch. Um, and then the last one that I think a lot of STEM professionals face is, especially during COVID, is burnout or just career job stress. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, sure. yeah, a lot of us do. And um, what I have done for this and what I always tell people is to know your capacity. So I'm not sure if you've ever done like mm. agile sprint planning um, where you know, you estimate how much work is in the sprint. And then you say, okay, well, this is our team's capacity. So yes, we'll be able to deliver all of these stories. Um, so I take a similar approach to my life and my career is, okay, so I have all these things going on. This is approximately how much effort they're going to take. But I only have this much time because, well, 40 hours of my week is spent towards my job. And then, you know, I need right. at least... X number of hours a day for like de-stressing. Um, so if you're able to kind of develop a picture of like your capacity, like how many hours a week can you truly put towards volunteering or giving back or a side project um, and have like that number, then it makes it a little bit easier to say no to things that come up because you'll have a sense of whether you're already at your capacity. Um, oh, that and that's just sense. a great way to set boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, and make sure that you don't kind of push yourself to burnout. So I think those would be my top three tips. Excellent. Those very well thought out tips for the every engineer who is uh, trying to navigate those those career pitfalls. Um, what would you say is the most encouraging thing that you're seeing in in engineering today? Mm-hmm. I think the most encouraging thing that I'm seeing that continues to motivate vote motivate me on a daily basis is just greater visibility and diversity of the role models. Um, so there's so many other young, passionate, um, diverse engineers or engineering graduates that are leveraging social media, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, or even TikTok, um, to share their career experiences, their stories, to act as a role model for future generations. And to me, that is just so encouraging because that's not something I really had when I was going through university, um, albeit I wasn't very active on social media back then and it wasn't as popular. But um, nonetheless, I think this explosion of social media as a um, a way to kind of change the the our perception of who is an engineer, like who's allowed to be an engineer, who is worthy of being an engineer. Um, I think that's super valuable because there are young students, high school students and university students that are on these platforms. And if they see more um, representation, um, then that kind of gives them the encouragement to and the feeling that they belong in this field. So a couple of folks I just wanted to call out um, that are doing really amazing work in this space. Um, one of them is the Iron Ring Girls account on um, Instagram run by Mina Desianian. Um, so she's also a PNG in Ontario, and she started the Iron Ring Girls platform really is a space for women engineers to come together. So that's a super awesome that's resource excellent. and um, kind of space for women engineers. Um, another one is v Vanessa Raquel Raponi, who's um, she's also based in Ontario. She's an EIT. She was the founder of Queers. She's a YouTube host, so she shares her kind of experiences on YouTube as well. Um, and there's so many other folks that are just using different platforms to share their experiences to again mm -hmm. kind of democratize um, engineering, which I think is super awesome. Yeah, 
who was the biggest influence in your life that mm. uh, convinced you that this career path was was for you? I would say it has to be my mom. Um, so my mom um, has been working in engineering for over 30 years now. Um, she's um, she's definitely was the role model for me to pursue engineering. Um, I didn't really like realize it when I was younger, like that she was an engineer, or, like what she did was engineering. Um, I didn't really have a good sense of what engineering was until like 12th grade. <laughs> um, but once I realized that that's what my mom did um, and that she had been working in this space for so long and that she had faced some of these challenges in terms of working in like very male dominated fields, especially you know, in the 80s and 90s, when it was even more um, prevalent, um, and that she still persisted, and that she's still, you know, inspiring and mentoring um, young engineers. Um, I think that's definitely, that was definitely um, one of the biggest factors for me to pursue engineering. Great. And finally, I have one last question for you. Can you tell us why you are a part of OSPI? What has promoted uh, uh, OSPI membership in your mind? Mm -hmm. For sure. So I actually became an OSPI member um, for the first time after I graduated uh, university back in 2016. And at that time, OSPI was running, um, it was like a pilot program for the women's mentorship program. I'm not sure if it's still running today, but back then they were doing like a dedicated women mentorship pilot. And um, that was really what attracted me to OSPI was the opportunity to find a mentor um, that was, you know, a seasoned professional in engineering, seeing as I had just graduated and I was kind of fumbling and didn't know where to go. Um, and I actually met my very first professional mentor through that program. Um, and we're still in touch to this day. I actually met up with her a couple of weeks ago when she was in Ottawa. So oh, that's yeah, that was a really valuable kind of experience for me. And then I did have a couple year hiatus from my membership um, as I was in school, like pursuing my master's and whatnot. But I recently rejoined. And for me, the, um, I'm at a point now where my, in my career where advocacy is really important for me. So I have a lot of experience now. Um, I have you know a platform where I'm able to share my voice and where I'm able to also connect with other folks who are in engineering and they can share their Kind of challenges and pain points with me and I feel that it's kind of my obligation to relay those common pain points back to OSPI um, you know an organization that has the um, the power and the motivation to make positive change so that's really what's motiva motivated me to get involved again is advocacy so whether that's advocating for diversity and inclusion as a regulatory imperative for engineers, um, advocating for just increased representation of women engineers, um, queer engineers, BIPOC engineers, um, advocating for um, increased representation of engineers in politics. Um, there's just so many, I think, areas where we can where we can all use our voices to um, advocate and enact positive change. So that's what I'm really excited to get more involved with. Um, with OSPI in the coming years. Amazing. And that uh, wraps up the questions for tonight. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, I feel like I've learned so much about engineering and entrepreneurship for people that may have uh, questions in their career. And, and um, thank you for doing what you're doing and making people feel at home 
within the profession. I think that's very important. And I feel that we need more people uh, doing this type of work um, to make engineering more inclusive for everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And um, folks are more than welcome to reach out to me on social media. Um, if they want to chat about any of the things that uh, we touched on today, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with them. Great. You've been listening to Jasmine Shaw, a professional engineer, OSPI member, and entrepreneur who helps women in STEM achieve their full potential through community building and storytelling. I'm your host, Jerome James. You've been listening to Engineering the Future. Thank you for listening. From all of us at OSPI, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers, thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.